0: Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any investment or anything else. And with that, hello, welcome to the Rangeley Capital Podcast. I'm Chris DeMuth, a PM at Rangeley. With me, as always, is my co-host and fellow Rangeley PM, Andrew Walker. Today, we're going to start with tepid corporate insider biting before turning to rental dogs, which I think the only thing we like more than talking or thinking about stocks is dogs. So that's I'm looking forward <laughs> to. Uh, so corporate insiders are somewhat flaccid. They haven't been this bored, uh, uninterested in buying stocks since 1988. So it's been a long time. Um, the slowest pace of insider buying in 29 years, almost three decades. A selling is about average. Um. So, Andrew, why? What do you think? If you were an insider, would you be buying here? Yeah. So, like, this is uh,
1: this is based on a Wall Street Journal article, I think, from last week or mm-hmm. over the weekend or something. But it's something we've certainly touched on a little bit, a lot, a lot on this podcast. You know, I think we talked bullish Buffett versus bearish billionaires a couple weeks ago. So it's definitely something we've been talking about. But I I think the reason for this is, is look, the S&P 500 is at very high valuation ratios. Uh, And and, uh, at high valuation ratios, I think insiders kind of take a fundamental view of their stock in the industry. And they start saying, whoa, this might not be a place I want to put my money. And, you know... The saying kind of goes, you said sellers are, the rate of selling is what it's been for the past couple of years. Uh, The saying is kind of, you know, people sell for a variety of reasons. Maybe they're buying a house. Maybe they're getting divorced. They only buy for one reason, and that's they think their stock is going up. And right now, people might be
0: looking and saying, hey, our stock's already gone up. There's not a lot more for it to go up. One of the biggest wastes of time professionally that I've engaged in, but... Interesting from a personal perspective is hunting down why senior executives who had big sale sell programs sold. So getting through to them and saying, you know, Andrew, why did you sell? Say, well, my Ferrari collection or this or that kind of needed something, and then you kind of kind of get on this whole tangent. But it rarely is uh, analyzable. Um, you know, I uh, day job bottoms up do not think about such things too much but the market's closed so you look at the overall market market cap to gdp the pe ratio and so forth it, it's certainly not very low uh i think the kind of most cowardly way to say this uh i like saying things in such ways is closer to a top than a bottom probably i, I don't know they are relevant to extremes but it, it's pretty pretty hard uh, to manage you know- I- it, just ahead. quickly
1: on this, sure. you know, one thing I did think that was interesting is this chart had this uh, article had a lot of charts in it, and right now they were showing uh, right now for every ten sellers there are two buyers, mm-hmm. right? And that was kind of a very historically low ratio. Yep. But if you looked at the chart uh, early last year and late 2015, when markets, if you remember, markets were a little bit panicking and they were getting they were starting to look kind of cheap. They were really selling off hard. I think we started off last year down seven or eight percent. Uh, Actually, it was approaching a high. There were between six to eight buyers for every seller, and that was actually a high point. So I do think it kind of shows uh, these insiders do have a little bit of the psychology of the market here.
0: One of the industries that I think about a lot is uh, banks and thrifts, so kind of local and regional banks, one of the big areas where the buying has hit the brakes. I speak with a lot of CEOs and other insiders at local and regional banks. One of the concerns they have, and their uh, sector has exploded over the last few months, is that the market priced in uh, the desire of an inbound political consensus. To cut taxes and deregulate, but they're waiting for the actual reality and the switch from opposition where you can kind of throw bombs and say things to implementation and management is one that those insiders are very cautious about. And I think they're expressing that caution maybe properly uh, through not buying as much. Now, I kind of want to take
1: a different look at it and play a little bit of devil's advocate. You know, one thing I was thinking was, okay – Perfectly fine to say, hey, valuation ratios are up. Uh, you know, insiders are being cautious. But another thing I was thinking was along those same lines: what if there's a little bit of anchoring here? You know, yep. regional banks have gone up quite a bit. To use your example, a lot of stocks have gone up quite a bit. But what if these are a lot of investors who, a lot of investors and insiders here are saying, oh my gosh, my stock, you know, it's always been at ten; it's always sold for ten times earnings, and today it's at twelve times earnings. They're like, whoa, I'm a cautious insider, this is historically expensive, but the market's actually doing a better job and saying, hey, those budgets that they planned in November, those budgets are too low. Taxes are going to be lower. There's going to be a stimulus bill. Money's going to be easier. The economy's going to be better. And the market's actually outpacing them at updating their valuation.
0: That is such a good point and one that I was hoping you would make. I agree 100%. I think that uh, no investment theory could ever be complete without a reference to price. Uh, But at the same time, price by itself doesn't tell you anything about investing or value. And I do find insiders sometimes... A CEO is just a fella who has a company with a $50 stock, and it's kind of more important to him historically in lots of ways than it really should be. Perhaps just your nose is ground in this one stock price, huge impact on you where we have dozens that we might be thinking about. Uh, I have another cheerful thought, which is the stat largely misses or even is contrary to a major source of returns for outside passive minority investors, which is MA. Insiders can't legally buy shares because of inbound M&A uh, in a way that might hugely enrich other shareholders, but is not going to show up in inside trading sets.
1: No, it, I think that's a great point. And, you know, I, I've seen several times where there'll be, be a big CEO insider buy at a company and the next day the company stock will be down 4%. And everyone, sometimes including myself, will say like, look, the CEO just spent $4 million. Like, that's a serious chunk of his change. We're not talking about a billionaire CEO. We're talking about a normal CEO. He spent $4 million buying his stock. Like, why would the stock be down the next day? That's the most bullish sign I've ever seen. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, that was a clear takeout target. And if a CEO is buying stock on the open market they're clearly not getting taken out in the near term because you can't buy stock right ahead of uh, right ahead of getting taken over or even if you're in takeout discussions unless you're looking for a fast track to jail for insider trading. Absolutely.
0: Uh, some insiders are better than others. Um, I've looked through data uh, compiled of about 37,000 corporate insiders uh, amongst the very best in terms of timing their trades and how the trade – uh, impacts how wealthy they would be compared to the counterfactual of the trade Carl Icon number 4 out of 37,390 is one of the kind of the top uh timers of insider trades um,
1: I, have you looked at what those trades are I have yeah like no. Icon's trades yeah. where they buys too because the the cynic in me says they're just constantly selling IEP and uh the stock hasn't done that well so he's just at the top for always selling
0: yeah you know he, he has some of both that's a big impact and actually let me just my next point, which that fits into perfectly, is lucky monkeys. You know, I kind of got very interested in this stat until I realized there are people who are just lucky monkeys always buying or selling based on the macro factors of their industry. Um, at the very top of biotechs, a uh, longtime CEO, Philip Frost of Opco, looked brilliant, but it was largely just buying biotech on the way up. Uh, right now, local bankers are similarly looking like lucky monkeys to me. You know who's uh, an
1: interesting one? J- Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan. And he was mentioned in this article, famously bought, uh, you, you know, I'm doing the math. I think he bought like $50 million worth of J.P. Morgan shares. Uh-huh. Uh, Feb, in mid-February 2016, which was literally, I, I think he timed it to the day, the bottom of J.P. Morgan stock last year. And in just over a year, I believe the stock's close to doubled, which for a major supranational bank, you know, it's a double in a year. Jamie Dimon, you have to kind of tip your hat to him for the timing on that trade.
0: Absolutely. I, I think I, I mentioned you can't just look at price like you can't look at investing without price. I think you can't look at insider tradings without a little bit of an understanding of what they're doing and who they are. If you try for what it's worth, the stats say that selling has very little statistical significance. Uh, mimicking buys has an okay return. It looks like 3.7% over the next couple months of, of positive return if you mimic insider buys. However, I would caution that across all types, it's in the 50s or very low 60s percentile of how frequently it works. Mm-hmm. CFOs, slightly more... Uh, significant than CEOs uh, buying with them. And uh, but again, it's pretty marginal, uh, very noisy statistic. If you just look at it by itself, you
1: know the one I'd be interested
0: in. I don't know if you've seen the stats on this
1: or not, but I'd be interested. uh, You know, like activist investor, big hedge fund manager, or something gets a board seat on a board and becomes an insider at an insider at the company, and then goes out and buys a bunch of the stock. You know, I'd be curious if that outperforms. My gut would say it's outperforms, but at the same time, like you see. A Bill Ackman get on the board of Valiant a couple of years ago or a couple months ago, does a big insider buy where he gets on. And then, you know, we just heard earlier this week that uh, he sold out of the whole position at a huge loss. So I wonder if it's activists, if they know something or if they're just kind of defending their book almost.
0: I have seen the data. It jumps off the page as looking statistically significant to me. If you look especially an in interesting long and short term following. Uh, uh, insider activist Carl Icahn was, you know, one of three out of the top twenty-five mm-hmm. out of. 37,000 insiders, you just see activists, and then shortly after ICON was listed, two other activists that we know and um, like Interesting. well, so it really does seem to pop up um, there, and that's all I wanted to talk about insiders. Can we move to puppies? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, on to a new topic that we like even more than stocks, puppies. Uh, Andrew, if you ever move outside of a big city, how long will it take you to buy a dog? Uh,
1: negative four seconds. There, There's a reason I cannot go into a pet store or dog adoption center, and it is because I would walk out with two of them every time.
0: We are discussing dogs due to a recent story about a lady whose dog died of cancer and wanted a new one. Uh, people can be at their weakest as consumers who are upset. You know, One, one of my uh, big concerns about uh, big data being used on consumers is not to convince them, but to find and exploit strong emotions that really mm-hmm. affects consumer behavior. Uh, she thought she'd bought a new dog, but she had actually leased it. Uh, WAG's lending uh, uh, was uh, clearly set up as the end Antagonist of this recent Bloomberg story, uh, but I have to say their literature makes pretty clear you're leasing a dog. Uh, it's much like rent-to-own furniture, which the same company, parent company, does as well. Uh, and it really is a little uh, uh, route to usurious uh, lending. You end up paying a lot more than if you paid cash. So, Andrew, what do you what do you think about the story? Yeah. So, look, the story is a little anti uh antagonistic
1: to wags but i don't know aside from the fact that her dog had just died i don't know if they could have found a least a, a less sympathetic person to lead the article with than don who is the uh owner she rents tucker a golden retriever then she decides he's too rambunctious. she calls up the pet store and she threatens and this is a quote to leave him tied up outside the store then she ends up selling him to a local trainer for 500 stops making lease payments And spends 18 months griping in online reviews and emails. Like, that isn't exactly a sympathetic person. Uh, But, you know, the company isn't sympathetic either. Obviously, they're leasing puppies, which is just a bad headline for anyone. Their founder, uh, he's an ex-Wall Street guy who's an Anran devotee with a blog that's called cowboy ethics. The story mentions him wearing ostrich skin boots and flat brim baseball caps and he even explored lease financing for funerals. So very unsympathetic
0: on all sides. I have to say when I watch Oliver Stone movies sometimes I'm guilty of confusing who the bad guy is supposed to be with who the good guy is but in this case it's pretty clear he's supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah, well look I, I... You know, I
1: think, like, 10 years ago when I was, like, right in college and kind of really libertarian, I would have said, like, there's no issue with this. Like, this is everyone's rational human being signing on the dotted line. I don't have a problem with this. Uh, But, you know, today, like, I still, you know, I think usury laws are uh, – they're pretty bad. I think there is evidence that payday lending can actually help people. but. No, I do think there is something to, as you said, exploiting the emotions of people. I do think like you can take it a bridge too far. And, you know, my kind of thing is the article mentions that one person, she calls up the company, she complains. And the company says, oh, if we waive three months of payments, will you will you stop complaining? And she says, yeah. And they just wave them in the snap of a finger. I think if you're kind of willing to waive three months worth of lease payments, you probably sold like an overpriced kind of uh, exploitative yeah. product.
0: You know, this is one of those stories that's kind of funny kind of sad and I think it kind of also reveals a little bit how evil you are on which one you find it and I have to say the quote this cat is ruining my credit score just <laughs> that that could ever come up I'm deeply in the funny category so I think I'm also <laughs> deeply in the evil category you know if
1: this dog was ruining your credit score I would feel bad for you this cat is ruining your credit score that is a joke okay.
0: absolutely and you know people also overpay for caskets it's kind of the same thing where you're this emotional spike and you become very price insensitive and emotive demand I would just say there's always going to be supply to fulfill highly emotive demand and I just think on the demand side that's where you really need to say you know if uh, it's the market is giving you information, and if the market only wants to charge you high interest to get mm-hmm. something, then you probably should do without it. Um, it's a regulatory trick. Leases are exempt from usury laws, so it's not technically usurious, although I would use that word just kind of colloquially to describe what's happening here. Um, and, uh, you know, so you have to ask yourself, is there an alternative? You know, and, and all of this, it was so interesting. All of this reminded
1: me a lot of an industry we've looked at a lot, the t- timeshare industry and it's funny that you know this is leasing pets timeshare industries is obviously vacations that you pay for in advance but there were so many things like high interest rates, designing products specifically to get around local law, local laws uh, can be high sales pressure, a lot of commissions for the people who sell these products. Like it, it was just striking to me how two different industries like they could look so similar when you boil it down to kind of an emotional consumer, and there can be so much profit and so much potential to kind of hurt people through it.
0: And sadly, or funny, depending. A lot of the same people who can't really afford to pay cash are the same people who are very suggestible when somebody says, here's the casket you need to buy in order to prove this person mm-hmm. uh, that you love them. Here is the dress you need to get married in. I mean, I think it's a joke. I mean, I think it's silly and I think being told how valuable I am by how much money I give to you is, is a silly thing to laugh at. Uh, but, uh, but it, it, but unfortunately, as it turns out, there's a big overlap between suggestible and can't really afford to pay cash. Uh, and uh, so that, that happens uh, uh, here a bit. Um, Uh, the the mid category and I'm kind of opening up this idea because I came from where you were which is just truth is something that's mechanistic it's in the docs read the docs it explains it and if it's transparent then fine I've done kind of as due diligence a lot of processes where I was really just seeking information, but I went through a financing a review process that it wasn't that likely that I really wanted to finance something. But uh, I found many situations where there was no serious expectation that you'd read the docs. Yeah. That you'd, you'd be handed a piece that was two or three inches, which is great. I'll, I need a few hours, but I'd love to read the whole thing, and I'll come back with 80 points. To push back on, but they expected you just to sign it there with a few sentences of highly misleading explanation. And clearly, that's what happens here. So I'm starting to open up that there's a big category people don't read it maybe there should be pretty high standard for what is kind of practically transparent
1: yeah no and look it just it kind of reminds me you know apple every time they do a software update you pe- press agree and every now and then there'll be this article that comes out almost scandalized with what people are agreeing to like uh, sometimes it's hey if you agree to this and your iphone has been uh i believe it's jailbroken or whatever then we can delete your iphone forever and turn it into a worthless brick and people actually agree to that because there's no way you can read that hundred page thing every every time now when when it comes to you know a $20,000 timeshare or a $5,000 dog you'd, you'd hope you could take the couple hours but you can kind of see like where does the line start getting drawn at what level because these legal contracts they, they can be used to exploit and at some point you can't read everything that's presented to you.
0: If you ever uh, say this cat is ruining my credit score reexamine your life we could go on but I'm actually going to end with two pieces Perfect. of four-word haiku uh, and that is rambunctious dogs are good. And buy a shelter dog. And that kind of sums (laughs) up all I have to say about this. Um, And hopefully that was interesting. All the time we have for today before we hit our disclosure a reminder, if you have any feedback for us, please feel free to email it to podcast at rangelycapital.com. Uh, I don't have and can't quite imagine how I would have disclosure for this one. Andrew, do you have any disclosure? I,
1: I, I would disclose that I would love to get a dog. I'm visiting my parents at the end of the month. I know my dad is an avid listener to this podcast. I'd love it if he would get a dog in advance of me visiting just so <laughs> I could play with it for a few days.
0: Pay cash. <laughs> Talk Thank to you guys you. soon. Bye.